for the equaliser, and it's a beautifully sculpted score for is won by Armand Carline O'Hanlon, the right person in the right seat. Only for point number 10. Hello and welcome back to the Sideline Eye podcast. We're delighted to bring you another preview show as we're looking forward to Armagh's crucial and Division 1 clash with Monaghan this weekend. Once again, this podcast is brought to you in association with the Kiefer Teamwear, proud suppliers of all Armagh GA merchandise. And as usual, the website for McKeever's gear is all um, is put in the podcast description. So make sure to click on the link and check out all the Armagh gear available. Joining me to look ahead to the game is former Armagh, or former Monaghan player. Sorry, Dermot, I was nearly going to say you're an Armagh player. Former Monaghan player Dermot Malone, and he's going to help me look forward to the game. So, Dermot, I suppose you've got used to it now, been called a, a former Monaghan player. Um, how has retirement been? Yeah, retirement's okay. It's, it's not as bad as I thought, you know, going to the first match as a supporter. I didn't know what way I'd be feeling, but... It wasn't too bad. I enjoyed it. The first game I actually went to was on my man and Mechanic Cup. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot more than I would have thought. And that, that Mechanic Cup meeting was obviously the last time Armand and Monaghan met, but probably last year gave us um, a better insight into the two teams in the in the Ulster semi-final. Such a game, that game of the season, probably. Um, but Armagh sort of got used to this moral victory now that you know, they can play in these games of the seasons, but they seem to always come up short and that's the way it, it panned out last year. Yeah, I'm sure they're sick and tired of it and I would have spoken to one or two of the AMA players since that game, funny enough, and they would have felt that they could have beaten Monaghan, which they probably could have and probably should have. And, you know, they look at how close Monaghan ran to own and then they look at how Trone ended up. So I'm sure there's plenty of belief in the AMA camp that they're just not that far away. And, you know, that game last year, although it was game of the year, um, I'm sure Monaghan were absolutely delighted to get it on the right side of it. And what's the feeling in Monaghan now, Darren? Because I know, as you say, the push Tyrone all the way last year, um, one point the difference at the end, and Tyrone go on and win All-Ireland. So, like, Monaghan must be feeling that they're, they're up there, they're still contenders. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. There's, there's, there's a bit of disappointment, and yet there's still a level of expectancy, you know, when you've been competing in Division 1 for whatever it was, seven or eight years. Um and we haven't won an awful lot recently, and last year would have bridged a large gap, and it was a big disappointment to lose it. But again, when you see how far Throne went, you just you have to give them credit for it, and you can't be too hard on yourself because at the end of the day, finals are there. Someone has to lose, someone has to win, and on that day, I think the better team probably won. And going back to that game with Armagh and Monaghan, that semi-final, Armagh probably learned a lot from that game. That the four goals in the first half, obviously. They done well to get back into the game and actually led for a as a short period near the end of the game. But they've learned from that. The the center of their defense was very open that day. They've, they've learned to clog that up. They're working hard. They're hunting in packs now in that defense. So I know Monaghan won that game, but Armagh maybe took more out of it. I think so. Uh, there was a couple of more glaring mistakes from Armagh probably defensively that day, and 
you look at where they're at now and the whole central channel of the field and the whole D, they seem to be just clogging up that entire area and just saying to teams, listen, if you can score from us from distance or on the wings, so be it, but you're not getting through us. And I don't think they're conceding too many goal chances at the minute. And that's definitely something that seemed to have rectified from last year. I know the Heat probably had a massive impact in that game and the conditions. Uh, like it was so energy zapping and the defences weren't able to go back just as much. And Monaghan was the same. Monaghan were just as open. And, you know, when it comes to them, fine, fine, fine margins. Just a wee bit of cuteness probably from Monaghan at the end. Just nipped it. And that game and the Mechanic Cup game this year, these games usually go down to the wire between Armand and Monaghan. They're very, two evenly matched teams. And as you mentioned, Monaghan had, had that bit of success with the two Ulster titles. Um under under Maliki O'Rourke and Armagh haven't got back to that stage yet, but I think Armagh and Monaghan they would both see themselves um, at the same sort of level and have been for maybe a couple of years now. Yeah, there's never going to be much between these two teams, and you look at even that through the last five, six, seven years, there's always only been one, two, three points in it, very, very little. And the Mechanic Cup game this year proved the same again. I do I do feel that Armagh would probably be more disappointed coming off that field than Monaghan. They had the run on them and. Just in the second half, they probably dropped off a wee bit too early and let Monaghan get back into the game. And I'm sure they'll be disappointed in looking at that. But yeah, it's going to be a tight one this weekend, no doubt. And Monaghan went on and won the Mechanic Cup. I'm just wondering, is, has that been a big thing? Um, I know they haven't started the league quite as well as they would have liked, but was winning the Mechanic Cup a big thing for them, maybe giving them a, a bit of confidence? Uh, no, is no, probably the straight answer for it. I don't think there, was, there wasn't too much celebrations or anything done, you know. I only ever played in one Mechanic Cup final, I think, and I lost it. And uh, I don't think the boys would get too carried away. I'm looking at their first two league games at the start of it, and I don't think the scoreboard or the points is a fair reflection on how well they actually played in the first two games. But, you know, when they're sitting with one point on the board after two games, you could be in better positions and you could also be in worse positions. Well, I think they're, they're heading into this when they need points this week, I suppose, as you say. They're not playing poorly, but they need the points on the board and I think they'd have been disappointed with particularly with the first day that they had thrown should probably won that game and ended up um, drawing with thrown and then losing at home last week as well um, yeah, it's, pro I, it's probably I, frustrating for them yeah frustrating I think frustrating because it's not that they played bad they just missed some chances in the first day and that was even more evident the last day against Mayo I think for a large periods of that game on and outplayed Mayo they really did, and just the final tour, the final shot, just let them down a small bit. And if they can rectify that, and Ryan McInnes, we had a goal chance, the last kick of the game, and if that had went in, you're looking at a completely different picture. So I don't think they're as poor as maybe the one point is showing for them. Um, but on the flip side of that, I do think Armagh are full value for their four points. I watched both of their games afterwards, and you know they've obviously rectified a lot of issues that they would have had last year. Their kick out set up both offensively and defensively, is excellent. And just their ability to cover the defence and go on the counter-attack has been a huge, huge plus for them. That's definitely something I don't have to watch out for. I suppose, on Armagh, how, how impressed have you been with them? I think they've took everybody by surprise. I know Armagh fans maybe felt that they had this in them, that they could reach this level, but weren't expecting them to beat Dublin on throne so convincingly, I suppose. And then... Um, is that is that the outside view? Is, has it been a bit of a surprise how Armagh have started? No. When you look at the calibre of players that Armagh have, and a lot of teams will have, they'd always have that potential to blow teams away. And, you know, they've obviously had a really good pre-season under their belts. They're coming in flying fit. 
and you know their tactics were absolutely spot on on the day and yeah when you look at just the defensive setup in particular and how they're blocking out that whole center zone and then at the speed of their counter-attack and their ability to kick the ball inside um they're full value for the pints and at the minute they're probably the team to beat in ireland because we look at everyone else even Kerry just threw it till they are the one shooting the lights that day and yeah at the minute i'm probably the form team in the country and is, this is probably one before the league started once the fixtures come out this game was probably one Armagh we're looking at, okay, we need to get them two points against Monaghan at home, not expecting to get four from their first two games. Would Monaghan have been targeting this one too as, as a, a, a possible win or a must win maybe? Yeah, well, not necessarily would have targeted it at the start of the year. I know that any time I was at Monaghan and playing in the league, and you'd always target your first two games. You need to get a win in your first two games at the very least. If you lose the first two games, it's going to be an uphill battle. Uh then thereafter, they don't have an easy fixture on coming up. So I'm sure every game they'll be going to in the island. I don't think to say they would have targeted Armagh. Um, they'll be targeting every game as it comes. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to it on Saturday now. We spoke about how close the two teams have been in recent years. And there is a bit of a rivalry there. But as a player, Dermot, when you were going out to face Armagh, do you feel that rivalry or... Because I know Armagh would probably feel it more with Tyrone than they do with Monaghan. That's probably going back to the glory days of the noughties. But mm-hmm. what, what's Monaghan's uh, perspective on the rivalry? Well, I'm, I'm not sure about all of Monaghan's. There definitely is a wee bit of niggle between the teams. And, you know, when you're going out to play Armagh, there's always a large amount of aggression. Really are. They're aggressive. They're in your face. They're pushing. They're shoving. They're not afraid to get stuck in. Myself, personally, probably had more of a gripe with them. I'm Curtin at Armagh myself. And the father-in-law is a staunch Kieran McGinney. And... Francie Valley fan, so I had him to the Mechanic Cup game and he wasn't afraid to let me know about it when they were winning. So I always had a wee bit more edge on me against them. But I think overall, yeah, there is a fair bit of bite among the teams. Um, and I don't think that'd be any different come Saturday. Uh, I know I'm at the red card isn't carried through now and they're not going to have them play a full outfit. But um, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. And you're talking about that sort of aggression and Armagh really introduced that into their defensive play this year. And um, as we said, hunting in packs and really working hard as a defensive unit, as a, as a team. And I suppose Conor McManus, he hasn't started any games yet in 2022. He's come on against Tyrone and Mayo. Do you see him starting this weekend? And if so, you know, does that force Armada solely rely on him and maybe brings the likes of a Jack McCarn or Michael Bonigan into the game and open up the space for other forwards? I'm not sure. It all depends on what way his body's feeling. You know, Connor's the same as a couple of them and a couple of us, myself included. He's getting on a bit, so the cotton wool or the bubble wrap is out. Injuries are a lot harder to shake off this time of year. Um, whether he start or not, I'm not sure. He has been impactful coming off the bench, definitely. If he does start, I have no doubt that Armagh will be paying particular attention, which may alleviate a couple of other players, as you mentioned. But uh, that's 2BC. Um I know if I was in the manager position, I'd love to start him every game, but that's not always possible. And do Monaghan need him starting Dermot? Or, like, I, do, I don't want to say they're too over-reliant on him because they do have other quality forwards there and the likes of Conor McCarthy, who will come to, you know, playing from wing half-back and attacking Carl O'Connell, um, the same Jack McCarron have mentioned. But are, are they still, he's top class. Like, McManus, he, he'd walk into any team in the country, but... Do Monaghan need him starting? Do they still need him playing the full 70 minutes? Yeah, whether I'd say that they need him, no. I'm on in a better team with him in it. Yes. Uh, it's probably the way I'd put it. Like they can definitely cope without him, but 
when he's in there, there is that wee bit of assurance and even particular from set pieces alone, if nothing else, he's so accurate and his range, he has so much distance in his kicks that he could be just, he could swing it from one point where another player may have to go short. Um, so I, I wouldn't say they need him, but they're definitely a better team than him. And, and we're, we're talking about some of the best in the land and Roy Began is probably the best goalkeeper um, in the country at the minute. And I'm sure you're going to tell me there's no probably about it. He, he is number <laughs> one. He's, he's probably between him and Morgan at the minute. But um, seeing him score that point against Tyrone from play, it was nearly normal that any other keeper had done that probably would have made the headlines, but it's nearly expected now that Rory Bagan's going to come up and join the attack. Yeah, it was a fascinating. It just brought a smile to my face, but you just just seen him venture up the right-hand side of the field and the ball was getting switched, and you just knew that if he got it, he was going to swing it. I know the way Rory is, it was never really a matter of if he was going to score and play, it was only really a matter of when. And yeah, as I said, we're, we're blessed here. I think Niall Morgan and Rory Bagan and maybe Sean Patton are in the top three keepers in the land and we're, we're absolutely blessed and you know the kick out battle really really is a fascinating one like I know Amaz movement in particular uh, bunching hard in large numbers out the field and then they break hard and it's very very hard to defend against and you know Monon will play something similar I'd imagine and yeah the kick out battle is something I love paying particular attention to and how teams set up and yeah, teams go zonal and they go man to man and they vary it and there's no simple answer about it but these two teams are Definitely nine out of ten when it comes to the kickouts. And Began, I can only assume like he has done in the past. He's going to press right up. Um, on Blaine Hughes' kickouts, he's going to come out as an extra man in that middle third. As a player, like you spent a lot of your time in the middle third, Dermot, and um, in round break balls and stuff. Having a goalkeeper coming out, how do you feel about that? Like, are you nervous that your goalkeeper is leaving the goal free, or how do you feel about it? Not not really, and I don't know yet. It hasn't been experimented on enough, I don't think, for us to get a full picture. Has keepers been caught out yet? Not really, I don't think. Um, what they're doing is they're just blocking a kicking channel. So if the team's going man-to-man or zonal, he's just standing out there just blocking that channel to kick out. And I know the teams have tried to bomb one or two out top of the keepers. And usually there's a wing back from the far side of the field going back as a goalkeeper. So you're not that exposed. I mean, you look at the quality of like even Niall Morgan and Rory and Blaine Hughes, they're so comfortable at the field that really a goalkeeper, I wouldn't look at a goalkeeper as a goalkeeper in that scenario. He's just another footballer. Um, but yeah, and no doubt that if he's out the field, I'll probably put one or two on top of him, see what he's made of. And likewise, the other way. I, th- I think that's the thing about Big and you're almost afraid to put one out on top of him because he's such good hands. He's six foot three or four. Like if you put one out on top of him, he, he, could, he could win it. Like he's going to be in contention for it. Yeah, and it was the exact same with Niall Morgan. Maybe uh, a couple of weeks ago, he came out to the whatever side of the field and put a couple on top of him, and he broke them. And just he didn't retreat; he challenged from the ball, just you know, someone else did. And yeah, Throne got a score directly from Niall Morgan, competing from a kick out, like so. Yeah, TBC. They're they're definitely the two of them's taking it to an all level, um, mm-hmm. and I suppose talking about Began, um, the fact that Ray O'Neill's really shooting the lights out. He scored 1-8 um, across Armagh's two games. He showed different aspects of his play against Dublin. He was the inside forward. He was doing all the scoring. The ball was always coming to him. While against Throne, he came out the field a bit and uh, was he could play make a bit as well. He set up the goal. Is Rory Began going to be crucial to, to stop him? Um, Rian O'Neill, if, if Rian O'Neill is a full forward, could we see Rory maybe coming out and sweeping in front of him? 
I don't think so. I don't think that could be a last case scenario. Like Ryan is, he's, he's definitely not a one trick pony. He's good enough right foot, left foot in the air, passing the ball. And he'd be varying all over the field. So I'd imagine Monaghan will have one man detailed to him and maybe another outfield player that won't be a million miles off him. But it's not really a matter of blotting out Wayne O'Neill. I think you have to say that there's a good chance he's going to score three points. If you can keep him to three, all well and good. Job done because he is, without a doubt, at the minute, the form player in the country himself. And probably David Clifford's not far off. So, yeah, one to watch. I'd say it's probably going to be Connor Boyle. I know he he picked him up last year and Ryan was outstanding against Monaghan last year. I don't think anybody could have marked him that day, but it's probably going to be Connor Boyle picking him up and maybe a Darren Cuse or somebody dropping back. Probably, yeah. That, that's usually where Monaghan would have set up. And I think maybe he started off in Desi Ward last year and both of them kicked two pints on each other and then Ryan went inside and caused bother. So, yeah, I'd say we'll see him all over the field and no doubt to be a tight man marking job. Connor Boyle at that stage. And Connor Boyle, he he's really turned into one of the best in the country, isn't he? I've seen him a couple of times now, and he he's really excelling. I know in the Mechanic Cup game, um, down here against Armagh, he was brilliant that evening, and he sort of kickstarted Monaghan's comeback. Yeah, I would, for years Connor Boyle has been probably the most underrated footballer in Monaghan, and, and one of them in Ulster. Like that's he's probably just getting a wee bit more publicity now whenever the cameras are on, but Connor has been absolutely exceptional for Monaghan and he's been their go-to man on a number of occasions over the last couple of years and not only defensively but offensively as well. You know, the Monaghan full-back line are all pretty good on the ball and you look at himself, Ryan Wiley and Kieran Duffy, they're all very good defensively and offensively and yeah, I'd imagine one of those three or the likely Bowler will be picking up Ryan. And Armagh, uh, against her own Dermot I'm sure you've seen it the, the big crowd that Armagh had um, almost a full stadium very near um, I'm not sure if we'll see the same this weekend it's uh, it's hard to tell but no doubt there'll be a big crowd it's an interesting game Yeah definitely the previous one though, there was a nostalgic element of the old days and Armagh throwing and, you know, I would have grown up and Monaghan won't be successful at all and you would have always sort of cheered for your local with John had a few cousins and I would have given them the nod and any time they went out to play it was brilliant and so exciting so the only thing is this game's on a Saturday night which may draw more of a crowd and I know players are uh, players enjoy going to a game on a Saturday much more and myself as a supporter as well really love the Saturday game so you never know they could draw a crowd as well and the way I'm our flying high at the minute I'm sure they'll be probably outnumbered on in, in the support yeah, I think I, I do expect a big crowd. I think Armagh um, doing so well, they're really drawing big crowds, and um, maybe that bit of a, a rivalry, or you know, the the fact that the two teams are so evenly matched, you could get a few neutrals on Saturday night as well, maybe. Definitely, and the Athletic Grounds is one of my favourite places to play uh, by a country mile, just solely because of the atmosphere that it creates. The crowds in close. There's no big massive stands that aren't filled. Like it'll be wedged to the rafters all the way around it. Yeah, it does create a fantastic atmosphere uh, for any game of football with the crowd in it. And I think I've, I've heard a couple of opposition players saying that before that they love playing the athletic grounds. So is there a home advantage for Armagh playing the athletic grounds? Obviously, the familiarity, of course, but because it's such a good ground, such a good stadium, such a good field as well, like players love playing in it. So is there that big of an advantage for Armagh? Uh, there is an advantage, definitely, whether it's as big uh, as home advantage will be against the likes of maybe Kerry or Mayo. I don't think so. Similar to Clonus, Armagh have had a lot of game time in Clonus and Monon have had a lot of game time in the Athletic Grounds. So 
maybe it's not just as big an advantage, uh, still a slight advantage, but you know, it's, it's good fun being in the stands anyway. It's right behind here, McGinney in the stand. And uh, when you're playing, you can hear everything shouting in from the field. And likewise, there's a bit of golf going back and forth between the supporters. So looking forward to a wee bit more of that. And Dermot, just before I let you go, um, every preview show now, we're doing a combined 15. So um, we've picked a, a combined 15 between Armagh and Monaghan. And um, Monaghan just edge it, have, have a few more, they've won more player than Armagh. Uh, via Armagh of seven. I know you were trying to get a few more in, but um, we had to settle on, on seven Armagh players. But um, the first one, of course, is Rory Began. He's he's the keeper, and we've spoken enough about him. Um, he's, the, he's the number one keeper in the country. I, I would say everybody has him down as number one. And I suppose just how lucky are Monaghan to have somebody like Rory Began? Yeah, gifted, really is. Like He's a once-in-a-generation sort of footballer, and, you know, for someone who's as good at what he is, he's a really, really, really humble person. He won't get too carried away. And, you know, being a goalkeeper and being in the physical condition that he's in, he, he has a couple of more years uh, under his belt now if he's lucky enough to stay injury-free. So, yeah, he's going to be there for a while, I'd imagine. On the full back line with Aidan Falker from Armagh and two more Monhunt players with Connor Boyle, who we spoke about, and Ryan Wiley as well. And I, I suppose Wiley, he, he's maybe... A bit underrated or goes under the radar a wee bit, does he, Dermot? He's, he's a super player. And I think he's actually the Monaghan captain as well. Correct. Yeah, Monaghan captain. You know, if, if someone was asking me to describe him in one word, it'd just be sticky. Like, he's so sticky. So looking to plot out, you know, there's a lot of nippy corner forwards out there. Ryan's been doing it for years and uh, years and years and years. And, you know, he's still a relatively young man for the amount of caps that he has. And, you know, it's not going to be long until he's going to be a top cap player in Monaghan. Uh, and again, as I've already said, like the ability on the front foot and the attacking prowess is uh, hugely beneficial. And our half back line then is three players who can attack as well as defend with Kiara O'Connell from Mullahan, Jarlie O'Burns, Armagh, and then um, Connor McCarthy at wing half back. And I suppose this, this has been a feature of this season for Armagh and Mullahan is switching players to wing half back with Jarlie O'Burns, who had been more known as a midfielder and a, and a half forward. He's reverted to the half-back line now and has played amazing stuff. And Conor McCarthy, the same, would have been known probably as an inside forward, but he's shifted now to the wing half-back. And I know he got man of the match down here against Armand in the Mechanic Cup. And he sort of carried that form into the league as well. Yeah, but I wouldn't say there's too much defending going on in that half-back line. But, you know, it, it probably is the best position to play in Gaelic football at the minute because... When you're playing against a team that are particularly setting up the defences and there's men dropping back in the half-back, then you do get that wee bit more freedom and you're always going on to the ball. And teams have identified that. And the amount of attacking wing-backs now that just have the freedom to go forward, I think first one I really would have seen would be like Jack McCaffrey and just the freedom of Jack to just bomb forward relentlessly as someone else to cover him. And, you know, those three half-backs have definitely got an abundance of pace, speed and ball skills and... Yeah, I'm sure there'll be someone detailed to look out for them. And how, how difficult is it, like, if you were playing wing half forward, if, if you're marking somebody that wing half back, but you're you're sort of dropping back as well to help your defence, you're sort of caught in, in two minds then? Yeah, it, the half forward is probably one of the most, the most difficult positions to play for that reason, because you're dropping back with your back to go a lot of the time and your man does get a run on you. And it's very hard. Like, I know... In Ulster in particular, that would be very common. The teams would drop off consistently and then say, OK, come at us. But you look at the legs of Mayo maybe last weekend, they just don't do that. 
and they just stayed up and it's a hard, it's a completely different battle where it's 6v6 coming out of defence and you have to try and beat your man. So there's a catch-22 about us. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I'd imagine both teams of the weekend will be dropping numbers back and it'll be breaking down a pack defence for both of them. On our midfield, then, of our combined 15, we have now Cairns of Monaghan and Oshin O'Neill from Armagh, who has made every combined 15 yet and hasn't kicked a ball in 2022, still um, on the injury table. But I suppose Monaghan's midfield options, the, they have a lot of options, Dermot, they have now Cairns, um, Killian Lavelle, and then Darren Hughes, who we spoke about earlier as well. They have plenty of options around that middle third. Definitely, and, you know, the role of the midfielders starting to change now a wee bit it's not so much big kick it out long and win a 50-50 and break the ball down it's it's footballers now in the middle of the field and you look at the physical size of all those men you're after naming out there's no slouches there's no 5 foot 10 Dermot Malone's in the middle of the field uh, let's put it like that um, but yeah it's a, it's a huge part of the game and if you can win the midfield battle in that area just in that middle toward you know it, it'll have a large side on who wins and loses games on the half-forward line, then we've went for an all-armagh half-forward line with Rory Grugan, Rain O'Neill and Aidan Nugent. And I suppose a lot of the attention goes on Rain O'Neill and deservedly so, he deserves a lot of the plaudits. But the likes of Grugan and Aidan Nugent um, this year, they've been crucial to getting the ball to O'Neill and he can do the business then when he has the ball in his hands. Yeah, that's what it's all about, in particular when the wing positions and Armagh playing that sort of packed defence in the zonal and trying to break out. Uh, it's not an easy role to play, but what I have noticed with Armagh in particular is their ability to counter-attack and kick the ball. Like The first thing they're looking to do is when they get the ball head up, it's not on, ship it fast, but they're always looking for the kick pass, in particular the first goal against Throne. Uh, I think it was a long kick pass in against a pack defence, so they're not afraid even to do it against a pack defence, and I know the likes of Monon's full back then have to be aware of that. Even if there's cover in front of you, they still will look for a kick pass in, and yeah, huge credit to Armagh half forward line for it. And then uh, our inside line, then with with Jason Duffy of Armagh, Jack McCarn, and Connor McManus obviously gets into the team. Um, and we spoke a bit about McManus on Duffy. I suppose deserves credit as well. He's got goals against Dublin on Tyrone so far. But I'm interested for for Jack McCarn, um, Dermot. He he's always been sort of touted as the one man that can sort of relieve the pressure off. Conor McManus, and I know he, he's had his injury trouble in the past as well. Has he fulfilled his potential in a Monaghan jersey, or, or is there there's still more to come from Jack McCarron? Uh When he's played, he has played excellently for Monaghan. He really has. He's just been so unlucky that he's got such a large, um, a large stint of really bad injuries. But when Jack has played, he's been absolutely exceptional. I must say that. And if he gets a good run out um, on, on his day, Jack is as good as any forward in the country. And it's just about getting the right ball into him in the right areas because if you can get that on either foot, he's lethal. And if he gets a one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper, it's very rare that Jack will miss. So I'm sure they'll be trying to get him involved in the right areas come Saturday. I think he, he's crucial for Monaghan, especially if McManus isn't playing. It's going to be a lot of the, the scoring burden maybe will fall on McCarran. And we've seen him like against Galway last year, for example, them clutch moments, he, he has the ability to, to capture them and to, you know, he doesn't mind the pressure. Yeah, absolutely. I think he only came on as a stub that day in the first half and he ended up with 1-6 and got man of the match. And again, you know, another footballer who's extremely humble, extremely talented, doesn't get carried away 
which is a huge testament to a lot of the modern players. It's, it's very rare that you ever hear them blowing or bragging. Bar myself, we'll be talking a lot of, uh, I'll, I'll not say it, but a lot of dung maybe. And uh, yeah, huge credit to them all. And listen, I'm wishing the best of luck to them on Saturday. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll have a, a good game on, on Saturday. And um, I look forward to, to seeing you, hopefully, Dermot, in a packed athletic grounds again. Um, and good luck to the ladies team there in action this weekend. They're hoping to continue their winning start to the league. They host Calvin in the Athletic Grounds on Sunday at 2 o'clock, while the Camogues, they start their league campaign their way to Carlow at the weekend. So best luck to all them teams under the under-20s as well, who take on Calvin on Saturday morning in Calvin. Dermot, thanks very much, and we look forward to a big game and hopefully an Armagh win on Saturday evening. <laughs> Lovely, Sean. Hopefully you're not sitting beside me, because I won't have any colours getting in the way of uh, a bit of bad manners. Go on. Thanks very much. <laughs> Good one, Dermot. Thank you. All the best, yeah. Dunley for point number 10. Outstanding.